that's a beautiful song, and I just thought, you know, we need to sing that. <laughs> Why not? All right, first, or not first, how about first Colossians? There is only one Colossians, but we can still say first Colossians. Uh, we're going to turn to the book of Colossians tonight. We're going to continue on with our series in this uh, precious epistle that uh, the Apostle Paul wrote. And uh, we're going to be in chapter number one, and as you're turning there, if you're able to stand, um, let's do that in reverence and respect for the reading of God's Word tonight. Um, Colossians, and we're going to pick it up in verse number nine and read down through verse number 12. Uh, Colossians 1, 9 says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which he hath made us, or which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. And let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for the service thus far. Thank you for the, uh, the wonderful time to gather together as believers and sing together, sing these uh, precious hymns of the faith, to sing about heaven, to sing about your wonderful name, to sing about the promises of God sing about the, the precious blood of Christ that was shed on the cross for us. But Lord, now as we uh, turn our attention to your word, I pray that you would help us to have understanding and to help us to be good hearers, but then good doers of your word as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So... A reminder of where Paul is when he writes the book of Colossians. He is not uh, in a resort. He's not staying in a timeshare. Um, he's not at some type of a retreat. He is chained to two Roman soldiers under house arrest. That is where he is. And uh, these Roman soldiers would actually have about a six-hour shift, and then they would rotate. And so for six hours, these Roman soldiers were, were uh, chained to the Apostle Paul. And uh, I'm sure the Apostle Paul didn't mind that so much because he had the opportunity to witness and to minister to those soldiers and no doubt probably led many of them to the Lord while he was in those chains. Um, and uh, he couldn't do a lot. He couldn't go and, and uh to these churches and visit them and preach to them, but he could sure pray for them and he could even write uh, to them. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul did. Uh, we have the book of Ephesians, the book of Philippians, the book of Colossians, and then also the book of Philemon are all considered Paul's prison epistles. And while he was in prison, yes, he did have plenty of time on his hands uh, to pray for these churches that he loved so much. And while, again, we've learned in this series that Paul did not start, or did not start the church uh, by himself, he wasn't there in Colossae to start the church, he had a, an indirect uh, part of it by 
uh, probably having a, a great influence and impact in the life of Epaphras uh, there in Ephesus, who went, to, went back home to Colossae to preach the gospel and to encourage the saints there. And so uh, as Epaphras comes back to the Apostle Paul, gives him a report of how they're doing and particularly their love, uh, Paul is just so thrilled to hear that, and uh, he busts into a prayer time for this church family, and he mentions what he prays for. Now, you would think the Apostle Paul and uh, would uh, pray for a lot of the same things that we pray for uh, in our typical prayer list. You uh, look at uh, the average church prayer list, and ours would be considered in, in that range, you know, as far as the, the amount of different prayer requests we have. Uh, most of them are health-related. Uh, we'll uh, raise our hand and say, please pray for so-and-so who's dealing with this sickness or this type of health condition. And uh, certainly that's an absolutely worthy prayer request and something we should be praying for. And uh, we did so on Wednesday night when we had our prayer service. We took some time to pray for those health requests. Um, and then, you know, there's there's other prayer requests that, you know, are typical as well. Please pray for my unsaved family member, unsaved loved one, or relative, or uh, uh, neighbor, or co-worker, and, and certainly that's a great prayer request, and one that we should pray for. Uh, but it, it, it's interesting here as we study, we're going to study tonight just uh, briefly here the prayer that Paul had for the church family at Colossae. He didn't include those things. Now, it's not to say that Paul never prayed for those things, but uh, in his prayers that he shared with the church family, that was not part of it. Um, he, he prayed mostly for their spiritual growth and their spiritual well-being. And, and we can learn a great lesson from that as a church uh, when we pray for one another. Um, again, not saying we shouldn't pray for health needs, absolutely. And, and there's many health needs represented in this, in this room uh, tonight. But uh, we do need to also not neglect what Paul prayed for, and that is spiritual growth. And, uh, and so tonight we're going to look at uh, what, what was on Paul's prayer list from prison. And, and he didn't even pray, he didn't even mention, hey, I'm praying that I get released from prison. He didn't even pray for that. Um, he, he was praying for their, their continued growth in the Lord. And, and that's what, uh, of course, we should be praying for one another. And of course, as we go through this, we need to ask ourselves, are we growing in the way that Paul was praying for this church family to be growing? And so with that in mind, let's jump into uh, this, uh, Paul, this, this list of uh, prayer requests that Paul had from prison. First, he prayed that they would be filled, uh, be filled. In verse number nine, he says, for this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. Uh, who was we? Well, uh, it was Paul and Timothy um, were the two uh, main individuals, I'm sure, included in that. I No doubt Epaphras was part of it as well. It could even be that even the, uh, uh, the Roman soldiers were part of this prayer meeting because, you know, for six hours they were stuck there. What else are they going to do? Instead of that, Many of them probably did get saved and were like, hey, I'll join you in prayer as well. I'll listen and, and agree with you as, as you pray. And so here he says, for this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, heard of their love and their faith, do not cease to pray for you. In other words, it was a continual prayer. It was a constant prayer. And then 
and, and we desire that ye might be filled. Okay? Uh, now, how many of you have eaten so much and you would say, I am completely full? Would you raise your hand? Okay? I mean like Thanksgiving full. I mean like your favorite meal and it just keeps coming. Um, several months ago, not, not that many months ago, uh, a few of us went to um, Texas Day Brazil. How many of you have ever been to Texas Day Brazil? Okay, that place, I mean, you need to bring your stretchy pants for that one. I mean, that place, they bring out meat, and they never stop bringing out meat. I mean, you have to say, whoa, horsey. Uh, they just keep bringing it out and like, hey, would you like some of this? And they have a huge salad bar, and I mean, it's not a place, if you struggle with gluttony, that's not a good place for you to go, okay? Um, and uh, we went there, and you, you, don't, you don't walk out of there. I mean, you, you waddle out of there, roll out of there. You're like, man, I am in trouble. I ate too much. Um, all of us have been stuffed to the where there's no room in the end for another bite, except when they ask if we've saved room for dessert. And then, of course, there's always room for dessert, right? Um, well, here's the deal. The Apostle Paul prayed for the church family in Colossae to be full, to be filled. And what did he want them filled with to the, to the point where they're, they're, they're at max capacity? He wanted them to be filled, in verse number 9, with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. See, God wants us to have knowledge of his will. He's not hiding it from us. He's not hide-and-go-seek. He's not hide-and-go-seek God, you know. Hey, I'm going to hide your will over here, and, and hopefully you'll find it one day. No, he wants us to be full of knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And this is the first thing on Paul's prayer list for the church at Colossae, that they would have a full understanding of God's will. Now, the truth of the matter is, God's will for each of us is different, unique. Um, God's will for me is a, quite a bit different than God's will is for you. Okay, God's will for me right now is to be married to my wife, and to be the father of our children. Uh, that's not God's will for you, and all of you said, amen. I don't want to be the father of those children. <laughs> I understand. I get it. No, it's, a, it's, it's, it's wonderful. God's will for my life is wonderful for me, but it wouldn't be wonderful for you because that's not what God's will is for you. Um, and uh, Paul said in Ephesians 5.17, he says, Wherefore be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So there are some elements, and while each God's will for each of us is unique and individual, there are some things and some elements of the will of God that are um, universal, that apply to all of us. Um, that God's will for me in this area is the same as God's will is for you. Okay, What are some of those things? And, and uh, I just want to briefly mention them. And uh, ask yourselves, am I living in God's will according to the universal will of God? And if so, or and if not, let's make a decision tonight to uh, be part of it. Okay, what is the universal will of God for each and every one of us that is true for me and it's also true for you? Uh, number one, believe on Christ. God's will is that we would believe on Christ, that we would be saved 1 Timothy 2.4 says this, 
talking about God, who will have all men to be saved. That's his will, that all men would be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. In, uh, in Peter mentioned, he said, God is long-suffering to us and not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so tonight, if you're not saved, you say, well, what's the will of God for me? Number one, get saved. Believe on Christ. Become a Christian. And you can make that decision tonight. And if, and, and if you're in that category, what are you waiting for? Uh, you're not guaranteed another day. So what is God's will for me? And we're to be filled with the knowledge of his will. Well, first, uh, part of his will is to get saved. Next is to live a pure life. God's will is that we would live a pure life. Yes, even in 2022, here in uh, a pretty uh, wicked generation. Uh, we looked at that this morning when in, in Mark chapter number 8, as Jesus said, you know, if you're ashamed of me in this, uh, let me go ahead and turn back over there. He said in verse 38, he said, um, in this adulterous and sinful generation, and uh, we do live in that type of time. Uh, and Titus says, in this present world, we are to live godly in Christ Jesus. And uh, the, the reference here is 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse number 3. For this is the will of God. And all of us, as we hear that, should kind of lean in a little bit and say, I want to make sure I know what the will of God is for my life. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication. That, that we would live pure lives and that it, it, we would not be involved in things that would be impure. Whether personally, on the devices that we have, on the uh, internet viewing that we have, on the entertainment choices that we have, that we would have purity there and, and in our relationships and with one another, that there would be a purity. Teenagers, once again, I've said this many times, God's will for your life is that you stand at your wedding altar pure. It's God's will for your life. And then those of us who are already married, and God's will is that we would maintain our purity as far as our minds and, and making sure that uh, we talked about it quite a bit in Sunday school this morning, uh, to make sure that uh, we're drinking waters out of our own cistern and that we're uh, finding our... Um, finding our, enjoying marriage within marriage, within the boundaries of marriage. Uh, so we're to live a pure life. That's God's will for us. That's God's will for every one of us. Okay? Okay, how are you doing in that area? Paul said, I want you to be filled, like to the brim, where it's like, whoa, I am totally familiar with all these things. Well, he wants us to believe on Christ, to live a pure life. What about this one? Uh, living a thankful life. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse number 18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So, how are you doing in these areas? Are you saved? Are you living a pure life? Are you a thankful person? If not, let's get to that point. Next one is living a godly public life. 
1 Peter 2 and verse 15 says, For so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. With well-doing, um, to live a godly public life as we go to work, as we go to school, that there would be a godliness about us. That's God's will. Micah 6.8, an Old Testament reference here. He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly, humbly with thy God. God's, God's will is that we would live godly lives in this present world. Uh, that we would uh, serve the Lord. Uh, Ephesians 6 uh, tells us this. Uh, Ephesians 6, 6 says, Not with eye servants as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. So are we involved in serving the Lord? Or are we kind of like, hey, who's going to serve me? And what has God done for me? Instead of us going, well, what can I do to serve the Lord? Okay, once we're faithful in these areas, then the Lord will begin to direct our path and show us the other parts that are unique to us. It's like the, uh, the servant of Abraham who Abraham said, hey, I want you to go find a son for or a wife for my son Isaac. And so he goes and and uh, and all of a sudden this this lady shows up and she starts doing all the things that he was praying and asking the Lord for. Her name was Rebecca and, and she was giving water to his camels. And he's like, this has got to be the one. And he made the comment, he said, I being in the way, the Lord led me. So he was doing what he was supposed to do, and the Lord began to direct his path. It's kind of like when you're driving your car, it's very difficult to drive and to steer that car when it's just sitting there. But when it's moving, it's a lot easier to steer. And as, and as we're faithful to do the things that God has revealed to us in his word, then he begins to direct our paths and show us those unique areas of the will of God in our life. So, are you saved? If not, get saved. Are you living a pure life? If not, start living a pure life today from this day forward. Give thanks. Living a thankful life instead of complaining and whining and, more, and, and griping about everything, uh, let's have uh, the joy of the Lord in our heart and, and uh, give thanks for the things that we do have. Live a godly public life serving the Lord. And God will begin to show us the will of God for us. And he wants us to be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And again, this is the focus of Paul. Not to say that the physical and the, those aren't important, but I mean, he's not saying that those aren't important. It's just what's most important is the spiritual health of each believer. And that's what he's praying for, is that we would be, first of all, filled. But then secondly, uh, in verse number 10, we see that uh, he was praying that they would also be fruitful. In verse number 10, he says that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So as we begin to be filled with the knowledge of his will, guess what? It's going to produce some fruit in our life. 
John 15 tells us that if we abide in him, uh, then we are going to uh, begin to uh, produce fruit in our Christian lives. And that's, of course, his plan. John 15 and verse number 8, it says this, Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. God wants us to abide in him so that we can produce great fruit in our lives. What, what are, where are we to be fruitful? Well, first of all, we're to be fruitful uh, back in Colossians 1.10 in our walk. In our walk. We're to be fruitful in our walk. And that is that you live the way you live become um, boy I don't even I'm looking at my notes and I'm like I don't this doesn't make any sense has that ever happened to anybody else okay maybe not maybe just me right now Uh, but the word walk is often used to denote life or conduct I don't know what I was typing there Um, anyway uh, but 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 our walk really kind of gives the idea this is this is our manner of life and and it we're to be fruitful in the way we live. Here's a couple references that, that say this and, and talk about our walk. Romans 6 and verse number 4, Therefore we are buried with him by baptize, baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Our walk needs to be different. Um, the way we live needs to be different, and it should be as we understand God's will, it's going to produce fruit in our walk. Ephesians 5.2, uh, we're called to walk in love as Christ also loved us and hath given, us, given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. Ephesians 5.15, see that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Um, our walk is going to be Uh, God's going to produce fruit in our walk. Our walk's going to be different. But then also in our work, he says in verse number uh, 10, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. Our work, notice he says here, every good work. The word every has to do with this. Every area of our life should, there, there should be, Um, God should be producing fruit in every area of our lives, our family, our thought life, our prayer life, our devotional life, our employment, our schoolwork, um, the chores that we do at home in every good work. Um, There should be a difference. There should be, the Lord should be producing fruit in that area. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So in our, in our walk, in our work, and then thirdly, in our wisdom. In your wisdom. Verse number 10, again, that you might walk worthy of the Lord and do all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So as we begin to, as we're filled with the knowledge of his will, it's going to produce fruit in these areas of our lives, our walk, our works, and then in our wisdom as we increase in the knowledge of God. 
Second uh, Peter three and verse number eighteen. But grow in grace, and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Look, God has revealed Himself in His Word, and we are called to increase in our knowledge of Him. And and there might be somebody who would say, I mean, okay, you guys are celebrating forty years of marriage. Uh, so that must mean after 40 years, you probably know everything there is to know about each other, right? <laughs> uh, well, Randy's like, okay, there's no way I can understand a woman. I mean, that's just, there's no way. <laughs> no amount of years will ever bring that type of knowledge, right? So <laughs> um, we probably know everything there is to know about Randy. He likes meat. <laughs> he likes to eat meat. Um, and... Uh, no, I mean, the thing is, is you guys have been married for 40 years and you realize that there's still a lot of areas that you're still learning about each other. Okay, for those who've been saved for 40, 50, 60, 70 years, 80 years, um, there's still a lot to learn about the Lord. Um, he is infinite and uh, we, we, never, we, we should never stop growing to the point where, or never get to the point where like, eh, I know everything there is to know about God. I can just kind of put it into neutral now, cruise control and no, we need to continue growing in our Christian lives and in our knowledge of who the Lord is, increasing in the knowledge of God. And, and as we uh, are filled with um, the knowledge of his will, uh, that should produce a desire to increase in the knowledge of God. Proverbs 9 and verse number 10, the Bible says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. The knowledge of the holy is understanding. So, for those who are in school, you know, learning things about math and science and English, that's all well and good and needed and necessary and healthy. Very needed. I'm talking to my kids now. Absolutely important. Essential for graduation, Seth. Um, but more important than knowing your ABCs is knowing who God is and knowing his attributes, his character. And I want to encourage our kids, but not just our kids, all the other kids, and I'm one of the kids too, that we would continue to grow in our understanding of who God is, learning who he is through his word. God has revealed himself in these 66 books of the Bible. And so as we grow in our knowledge of the things of this world and and, uh, you know, for all of us who have jobs, you know, you have to learn how to do your job and learn the software in order to be able to do the job and, and, and learn the ins and outs of the company you work with in order to be able to effectively do your job. That's great. But let's not neglect learning who God is so that we can be effective in the life that God's given us. Now, we can... Re learn about God through his word, but then also experientially. And, and I, I don't want to get, you know, new agey on us here. But uh, look, the thing is, God 
does want us to learn about him through the experiences that we go through. And, and he brings us into those times of trial and tribulation, not so that it would just be miserable for us, but so that we can learn who God is in those situations. So that we can increase our knowledge of the fact that, hey, God saw me through that one. Maybe God will see me through this next trial that I'm about to face. So we are to increase in our wisdom and in our knowledge of who God is. And that was Paul's prayer for this church family. Again, not that they would get healthy, wealthy, and wise, or healthy and wealthy, um, but that they would become wise and that they would increase in their knowledge of God. And so uh, he, he prayed that they would be filled, that they'd be fruitful, and then thirdly, that they would be faithful. In verse number 11, he says, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience, patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father. And we'll probably stop there with that verse as far as uh, I'm probably not going to go too far into verse number 12. But um, he says here, I'm praying that you would be strengthened with all might so that you can be faithful. Okay. We see here in this verse, um, as far as our faithfulness goes, there is a tremendous resource. In verse number 11, how are we to be strengthened? Is just so that we like really work really hard at trying to be faithful? No, we're strengthened with all might according to his glorious, what's that next word? Strengthened with all might according to his glorious, what's that next word? Power. Power. According to his glorious power, not our own. We can't be faithful by our own strength. We need his power in order to be faithful. So strengthen with all might according to his glorious power. And his, that's the resource that enabled us to be faithful. You know, certainly we need the character and the discipline in our own lives, but where do we get that? Well, we get that from his glorious power. But then we see the, not only the resource here, but then the results. What are the results according uh, to verses 11 and 12? Um, well, we have four results. Um, it produces here, uh, first of all, patience. Strength with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience. Uh, we all understand the importance of patience, and we all understand the necessity of it, but we really don't like to go through the process of getting it and learning it and developing it in our lives. You know, it's like, hey, I want patience, and I want it now. The problem is it doesn't work that way, does it? Uh, somebody wrote a little poem. Uh, I think that this is very accurate. Uh, patience is a virtue. Possess it if you can, found seldom in a woman, but never in a man. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that that's accurate, because um, my wife, of the two of us, is way more patient uh, than I am. But it's a necessary element, and, and uh, what's going to help us to be faithful is this area of patience, where we realize that we need to, it's not just a matter of just... Well, let me, let me, let me read this uh, little thought here from somebody else. Um, I'm not sure who wrote this, but I think this was excellent. 
Um, it says here, Hebrews 12, 12, 1 tells us to run with patience the race that is set before us. Okay, it was George uh, Matheson who wrote this. We commonly associate patience with lying down. We think of it as the angel that guards the couch of the invalid. Yet there is a patience that I believe to be harder, the patience that can run. To lie down in the time of grief, to be quiet under the stroke of adverse fortune, implies a great strength. But I know of something that implies a strength greater still. It is the power to work under stress. To have a great weight at your heart and still run. To have a deep anguish in your spirit and still perform the daily tasks. It is a Christ-like thing. The hardest thing is that most of us are called to exercise our patience, not in the sickbed, but in the street. That's a good thought. Uh, being found faithful, even when you're not feeling the vibe. <laughs> uh, to do what you're supposed to do, even when it's not comfortable or convenient, or uh, there is adversity along the way. And of course, we are called to run with patience the race that is set before us, to endure. And that's the idea of patience, is to endure to hang in there, to not give up, to be a little bulldog and say, we're going to hang in there even when it's not, not comfortable. James tells us in, in, in chapter 1, verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this, and here's what um, we're to keep in our mind as we go through these difficult times, knowing this is the trying of your faith, Worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So these diverse temptations and these trials and tribulations that come into our life, what are they there for? They're there to produce patience in our life. So one of the results of us being faithful um, and, or, or the resource that God's given us his power is it results in patience. It also results in, uh, secondly, long-suffering. In verse 11, it says, Unto all patience and long-suffering. And this really kind of gives more of the idea of with others. Uh, being long-suffering towards others. Having a short fuse. Or, I'm sorry, having a very long fuse. <laughs> Some people have a short fuse. But the longer we're saved, the longer that fuse should go, and we become more and more long-suffering to those that uh, uh, are in our lives that kind of irk us. Uh, we're to uh, let that, that, that fuse continue to grow as time goes on, long-suffering. And then thirdly here he mentions with joyfulness, so joy. Of course, it is interesting to read through the book of Philippians. We went through it back in 2019. We went through verse by verse the whole book of Philippians. And uh, the word joy is found so many times in this verse, or in, this, in that book of the Bible. And, and it's interesting because Paul was in prison. Um, and yet there was still a joy in his heart. Um, and that, God doesn't want a bunch of Christian people with a frown on their face, uh, that, that's not a great representation of who he is. And, and, and Jesus, of course, is our ultimate example. And 
Uh, we, we mentioned Hebrews 12 a moment ago, but Hebrews 12 um, verse 2 says this, looking into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. So we see the, the patience there, but then we see joy also mentioned in that verse. Jesus experienced tremendous difficulty, something that none of us will ever understand with the uh, spiritual, the physical, the emotional, and the mental anguish that he experienced on the cross. And yet there is still joy there. So may the Lord help us to have joy that will keep us pressing forward uh, to the prize before us. And then fourthly here, he mentions in verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father. So thanksgiving would be another result of the resource of God's power in our life. Of course, this is all these prayer requests that uh, Paul had for the church at Colossae that, that they would uh, be faithful to give thanks. Thanksgiving is uh, mentioned several times in this little four-chapter book. Uh, I'm going to share a couple of the references, of course, here in verse number 12. And if you go to chapter 2 and verse number 7, he says, Rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. So again, we mentioned thanksgiving already in the, earlier in the message as we looked at being filled with the knowledge of his will. And we know that God's will for each of us in Christ Jesus is to live a thankful life. Uh, here in chapter 2, verse 7, he says, abounding therein with thanksgiving. In chapter 3, in verse 15, uh, Paul says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. In chapter 17, And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. And then in chapter 4, in verse number 2, he says, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. So here we're called to a life of gratitude, a life of thanksgiving. Um, how are we doing? And I realize it's February and uh, we're still several months now away from uh, Thanksgiving and from November, and from eating turkey. I, I guess you're allowed to eat turkey other months of the year. Well, guess what? You're also allowed to give thanks other months of the year, too. In fact, we're called to not just a month of gratitude, but a life of gratitude as believers. And as we consider all of the blessings that God has given to us, um, physical blessings, yes, but ultimately more important than that is the spiritual uh, blessings. Uh, we have much to be thankful for. And so here's Paul's prayer from prison. He prays that this church family would be filled, that they would be fruitful, that they'd be faithful. Uh, may the Lord help us to do the same as well, to be filled with the knowledge of his will. Um, again, I don't know all the ins and outs of God's will for your life, but there are some things that are universal for all of us. How are you doing in those areas? And then God's, uh, his prayer request is that they would be fruitful in their walk, in their work, and in their wisdom. How, are you being fruitful in those areas? 
is your walk, is your life different than an unsaved person? Or does it look exactly the same? Are there some works in your life that are evident of the fact that you belong to Christ? Or is there no fruit there? And have you increased in your understanding and knowledge of who God is? Are you um, developing that in your life intentionally, deliberately? I hope the answer is yes. And then, um, again, faithful. Um, we are, I'm thankful for that particular uh, point because that fits our theme for this year, doesn't it? Um, and our theme is to continue uh, being strengthened with all might so that we would be we would have patience to keep running and to keep walking in the Christian life and not to give up and not to quit. Um, so uh, with that, let's have a word of prayer and, uh, and we'll uh, conclude this service. Lord, we thank you for your love for us. Thank you for Paul's prayer from prison. Now, Lord, he could have prayed for a lot of things, but he chose to uh, pray for this church family to be filled with the understanding and the knowledge of your will. And Lord, as we consider that prayer request, Lord, I, I pray the same for this church family. That this church family would know your will, and not just know your will, but do your will. And I pray that, uh, Lord, each of us would uh, believe on Christ. If there's one here today that's not saved, oh, I pray they'd come to Christ tonight. Help them to stop putting it off. Help them to stop procrastinating that very most important decision. And Lord, I pray you'd help us all to live pure lives, married or not. I pray, Lord, that there would be a purity of, uh, and a holiness in our lives, a cleanness in our life, that we guard our eyes and our minds from things that would be impure and inappropriate. Lord, I pray that you would also help us to uh, live a lives of gratitude, Lord, help us to live godly uh, in this present world and that you would help us to be active in serving you from uh, our hearts, which is the will of God. And then, Lord, help us, Lord, to be fruitful. And I pray that you would produce that fruit in our lives, the fruit of the Spirit, fruit of uh, producing other believers, um, but also in our walk, in our works, and in our wisdom. Help us to be increasing in our knowledge of who you are and then help us to be found faithful. Um, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I'm going to ask Miss Pat to um, play through on this uh, little chorus, God is so good. Play that through a couple times.